Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the podcast and the YouTube channel, the XFL Week 6 Picks, Preview, DFS, Betting We Can Talk, as well as I have the Vegas odds up over here. I will throw out the disclaimer that, well, we'll, we'll as I record this on a very early 4 a.m. East Coast time on Thursday, we'll see if these games actually are played in, in the waking news that the NBA will be suspending their season. And we should have more news on that later today, probably by the time you're watching this on the scheduling. And obviously, the players in the league need to know what's going on and, and making to, and being sure to take the, the proper and, and correct precautions with the coronavirus going around. So with that said, if you're somebody who tunes into my content often, we're going to continue to be doing the PGA and XFL content. We will see and kind of wait on what happens with the NBA schedule. If it's something that's going to be suspended for just two weeks, two to four weeks, or just until the playoffs start in mid-April, then we'll be good to go. We'll kind of just cover team recaps, rookie recaps, all that stuff uh, for each of those teams throughout the remainder of this month for the NBA content. Um, but we'll see if it's something longer than that. Then we'll we'll try to see if we want to supplement it with any NHL, if that's even around, uh, and any of the niche sports. But XFL, PGA will continue. Um, I will keep you updated on those things as well. Same for Patreon. But over here, we're going to be covering the NBA still. Uh, this is an XFL video, but just a little bit of a disclaimer uh, for what's going on. So we'll go position by position like we usually do. If you're brand new here, welcome. My video today is sponsored by drafters.com. It's DFS snake draft, so online snake draft formats. You're similar to drafting in a season-long league for fantasy sports. That's what this is for you with your friends and family, except you just got to draft the players for that night um, or that week if it's the PGA, that PGA contest right now. Um, they have some other sports up there as well. Obviously, NHL and NBA will be right now. We'll see what happens with them and how long they're going to be a little bit delayed for the probably, I would assume, next two to six weeks um, with the playoffs starting or at least scheduled to start in mid-April. Would not be shocked to see that delayed a little bit at this point, but um, you should check out drafters.com. They're going to have best ball for the NFL very soon. And if you want a 100% deposit match up to $50, so you just want to try it out, play 10 bucks in PGA next week. You just want to try it out, play 10, 20 bucks in best ball leagues that are going to start coming out for the MLB as well as the NFL. And you can use the promo code SAL100 and you'll get just another 10 bucks for free. You want to put 20 and you get another 20 bucks for free. So let's know what you came from me. And then also I will call out that I do have Patreon exclusive content for the XFL. Friday, my rankings and tiers will be going up. Saturday morning will be my closing clots podcast discussing ownership, discussing trends, discussing potential leverage spots and tournaments on where we can eat some good chalk and, and jump off of some players. So if you're interested in any of that, that's all linked up down below. There's a lot of promotions. I would also urge you to sign up for the um, these free strategy guides that are down below. They're totally free. Signing up, it's just an email opt-in. And there's two of them down there. I've had a lot of questions about um, just as DFS gets a little bit more competitive, especially in cash games, how to manage that. There's some strategies in those guides. So with that said, podcast people, thank you for sticking through that as well as the YouTube folks. Let's get into the starting with the quarterbacks. And, and man, oh man, it's a clear drop off this week. I don't want any of the value quarterbacks. I just don't, or the quote unquote value guys. Look, we played BJ Daniels last week. If you were a part of Patreon, you saw he was the tier one option with PJ Walker. They were the two top tier quarterbacks. And then Josh Johnson was tier two um, first guy in. So those were the three top quarterbacks. Um, they ended up being the three high scoring guys. PJ Walker um, putting up high 20s. Same for Josh Johnson going off in that high scoring game to end the week with Tampa. Uh, Tampa Bay under team at this point. But uh, BJ Daniels got us there. But if you go back and look at his game log, two rushing touchdowns, one yards that he got on turnovers. Other than that, he had 30 total rushing yards. He barely cracked 100 passing yards and he did not do much else. I mean, we could have been very easily looking at PJ or BJ Daniels last week for five, six fantasy points, right? His two one yard rushing touchdowns, one and a half yards um, were aided by turnovers that pretty much one of them stopped on the one yard line. 
tackled on the one yard line. So he's not somebody I want to go back to at an increasing price point. Uh, he did not really show much chemistry with any receivers. And it's it's interesting. Cardell Jones gets pulled in his game last week very early after just two passes, both of 20 plus yards downfield, one of an interception. And they say that he's still going to be the starting quarterback. Seems like he has a very short leash. I don't want to play him at 8,800. I don't even want to play his backup Tyree Jackson, who came in and sure, he ran a little bit, but he also very much like BJ Daniels. And again, they might have not had a ton of practice with the first team, but did not look comfortable passing the ball. Philip Nelson is now a part of a Dallas team that comes into this week with the lowest total on the slate at 15.75, um, lowest total by almost five full points. It's it's just not something I want to be a part of. We saw him absolutely tank the value of every single player out there, Donald Barham, both the running backs. Um, not great. So the Dallas offense is something that's probably off the radar for me this week, not something I want to touch. Josh Johnson at 10,800, though, he's very appealing. Um, he they have to keep him at this price point. Otherwise, you're just going to be pricing up all of your quarterbacks that are playable and everybody's going to be forced to be playing the the Philip Nelsons of the world. But um, yeah, I think that this is a fine spot for um, him today. He's going to go up against the worst rated coverage according to Pro Football Focus in Seattle. Seattle right now ranks fourth around average in overall pass rush as well. Josh Johnson finally showed a little bit of his mobility last week, maybe finally getting healthier around a month removed from his injury that kept him out for the first few weeks of the season. Seattle allows the most total yards per game at 358 per game and the most passing yards at 248.8 per game. So you have Josh Johnson who arguably is the hottest quarterback in the XFL. Obviously, PJ Walker has been the most consistent and high level, but if you're just talking about consistency through the last three weeks, last four weeks of the season, that's probably Josh Johnson for you, not scoring below 18 fantasy points yet in his four starts and averaging somewhere around the 23 fantasy point mark. So at 10,800, yeah, he looks like a really strong play with the matchup that you're getting from him. He has been leading the league in deep pass attempts over the last three weeks, even ahead of Philip Walker. So they're taking shots downfield. Trey McBride is now um, a limited participant in practice. So th- there's a lot of moving pieces for LA's offense right now. Jordan Smallwood, so all these are wide receivers. Jordan Smallwood did not practice with a hamstring as of Wednesday. Lots of time for this to change. Uh, Saeed Blackmail was limited with a thigh. Saeed Blackmail ran the most routes on this team, believe it or not. The last time out, pushed Jordan Smallwood into the slot more. Trey McBride and Nelson Spruce were both limited. McBride with a rib, Nelson Spruce with a knee injury. So pretty much all of his top four receivers are in some sort of... um, injury spot but three of them are limited one early week dmp for jordan smallwood just keep a close eye on those but yeah josh johnson looks very favorable at this price point jordan tamu is not usually a guy that i want to get to all that much the matchup this week against tampa bay though tampa bay these are the two fastest ranked teams in the league in terms of pace tampa bay is number one jordan tamu is number two so what are you getting from him well in a spot if they're going to run the ball 55 60 percent of the time usually you'll get 24 pass attempts out of jordan tamu or tamu however you would like to pronounce it um and it's a situation where look if now there's going to just be 10 more plays per team in this game and he's going to throw 30 times just on a pure pace of play standpoint then yeah i'm going to think that he's going to start uh, looking a little bit better at this point tampa bay right now ranks sixth out of eight teams in coverage they rank second worst in overall defense situation where last week jordan tamu ranked number two only behind luis perez as overall passers um he attempted 25 passes 60 percent completion percentage again he did not do much with those passes but he's just been very efficient and effective with his completion percentage and that has been translating to touchdown percentages on the overall season so ninety nine hundred dollars is a little bit steep but it's one of the spots where i'm at least interested in considering him and getting to him in some lineups because of the fact that it's going to be the fastest paced game that we've seen so far in the XFL. And then Taylor Cornelius on the opposite side of that, he got to the 300 yard bonus in the last game. He was not terrible, I would say. Um, Looked pretty solid. I mean, he ended up going for a 63% completion percentage, had the two interceptions with the two touchdowns. 
sack as well in that game uh, last week in the high-scoring game against LA, but he just has weapons. Like this Tampa Bay team is loaded with weapons. Now Nick Truesdell was limited last week, only played about 50% of the snaps. He, as a full participant on Wednesday, should get up to 75%, 80% of the snaps moving forward. Just gives another weapon with Reese Horn, with Jalen Tolliver, with Dan Williams on the outside. So the quarterbacks that I want are the guys that actually have favorable spots that actually seem that they'll be playing the whole game barring injury, and they have nice team totals. So give me PJ Walker. Um, he has the highest total by three and a half points at 26.75 against New York, six and a half point favorites on the road. Give me um, Josh Johnson, who's on the road against Seattle, two point favorites at 23.5 implied total. St. Louis in this order, Jordan Tamu, third highest total at 22.75. And then you get Seattle with a decent total actually right now. Um, and it's a 21.5 total. So it makes BJ Daniels somewhat more interesting at the $8,500 tag. But I'd rather have uh, Taylor Cornelius and his passing upside as well as the mobility that he's shown a couple of rushing touchdowns so far this year. Did that a lot in college. So that's where we'll be at right now. These top four price guys, I probably shouldn't shock anybody, but that's where I currently am going to reside when it comes to uh, my quarterbacks. Now, running backs are really interesting. So we have some injuries that we, we definitely need to be monitoring throughout the week uh, when it comes to running backs. So for running backs right now, James Butler is limited with a foot. That's important. He went off last week just because he, he ended up scoring two touchdowns on limited touches, but his team was implied for 30, uh, a touchdown more than anybody else. So if any week was it was going to happen, it would be that one. D'Angelo Henderson has not played since the first quarter of week one for Houston as well. He was limited with a shoulder. Uh, per usual, the St. Louis running backs, Matt Jones, did not practice with a knee. Leonard Tillery, their third string running back, did not practice with an eye. But the big news to watch is Jaquez Patrick. He left early last week with a back injury. He has not practiced to start the week on Wednesday. Devion Smith has been dealing with a foot injury for about two weeks now. He was limited on Wednesday, so it's at least a good sign to start the week. And then in LA, all their guys, they were all banged up last week. Elijah Hood missed yet again. Uh, Martez Carter, Juwan Harris were both limited. Carter with a hip, Harris with an ankle injury. Um, so right now, the biggest news to watch is really what happens with Jockeys Patrick, uh, Devion Smith. So I think it's a terrible week for running backs. And I usually have not been saying this because the Dallas backs have been providing us with a really good floor. Um, but the way that Philip Nelson played last week and the fact that they used um, Mark, um, they used Austin Walter, they haven't used him since week two, and he played like one or two snaps in week two, but they used him on 10 plus percent of the snaps, it cut in enough to guys like Dunbar, to Cameron Sarton Payne to impact their upside and their floors. So yeah, when Cameron Sarton Payne now is the second most expensive guy in the slate and his team total is 15.75 and he's coming in as a five point underdog um, on the road right now at DC and his quarterback can't seem to throw the ball, it's scary. Now, if Eric, if Eric Dungy comes in in the second quarter and looks half decent, well, then you should probably get the same offense that Landry Jones was able to operate, something that can move down the field and get into the red zone and actually provide upside for these price tags on these running backs who continued to run routes last week. Both Cameron Sarton Payne and Lance Dunbar were running 20 plus routes yet again. But it was just nowhere near as effective when the offense was not moving the ball downfield and sustaining drives. So I'm a little bit standoffish on Artist Payne now at the top price point. Still okay to get to Dunbar, but even that's a little bit scary if Walter is going to be playing um, 10% of the snaps once again. Devion Smith would be the guy at $8,000 that stands out that, okay, I don't want to pay that type of a price point, but fast-paced offense, you're getting a matchup against St. Louis where... So far this season, St. Louis has given up. They're only one of three teams to allow over 600 rushing yards. They allow 120 rushing yards per game so far. And it's a situation where it should be a close game. So neutral game script. He does run a lot of routes. And if Jackie's Patrick is out, it's just really hard to not at least consider um, getting to him at that point. What you would end up having if Jockeys Patrick missed would be Terrion Folster, Folston, who did actually play. He had two attempts for five yards last week, really got that work when Patrick was out. Patrick had seven carries for 23 yards and a touchdown before getting hurt. And then for back-to-back -back weeks, 24 plus touches for Devion Smith. 
Uh, he's just taking on a massive workload at this point. He would be the guy that I would want. Um, Devion Smith had nine more carries than anybody else in the XFL last week. James Butler is a guy who was really nice last week, but nothing changed about his role. He saw 12 carries, right? Um, not much going on in the receiving game for him. Um, so it's a situation where I don't really know if I want to be chasing it, but he's once again on the highest scoring team and his price point doesn't come up all that much. What you get out of James Butler last week was, um, he only ran six routes. So this is the thing that's concerning. Like his price point is 6,900. He had 12 carries. He's been seeing like eight to 10 a week, eight to 12 a week. He had three receptions for 17 yards, which is fantastic. But he only ran six routes. He literally had a target and a reception on 50% of his routes run. That is unheard of. So that's not going to continue. They're continuing not to use running backs in the backfield. They had no back sets for about 20% of their plays last week and 25% of their plays in week four. So he's in play because of the fact that running back is very sketchy this week in general. Um, It's an okay spot in terms of him being a six and a half point favorite. I'm going to project him for one reception. I'm going to project him for 10 carries. That's not great at this price point, but it's just kind of similar to everything else in this range. Jarrell Presley came back last week and he impressed in a big way. He was number two in the league tied with Darius Victor, who's next on this list um, for most carries. He had 15 carries last week. He was actually a favorite target of Tyree Jackson when he came into the game. They were sort of just forced to run the ball a lot more. They ran the ball 29 times with just Pumphrey and, and Presley alone after Presley only played three snaps total, 3% of the snaps the week before. So Presley at 6,100, what was encouraging was that he split the workload um, with, with, um, Pumphrey, which was not the case the weeks before that he was pretty much getting phased out for some of the backups. Abdullah was not active for this game. So it allowed them to only have three running backs active, which probably gave Presley a little bit more of a chance to actually get a little bit more work in, but he only ran seven routes. It's very similar to what you got out of James Butler. Butler had three catches on three targets on six routes. Presley had three catches on four targets on seven routes run. That's just not going to continue. So he ends up picking up four and a half more fantasy points in the air. Uh, he obviously made his, his, do his payday on the ground where he went for over 100 yards on 15 carries. Um, And it's just not a situation he had a long of 27. It's not a situation where I think is repeatable. But yet again, at this price tag, every other running back on the slate is pretty much in the the mid fives to the mid to upper 6k range. And they're all kind of slated to get 12 carries or so like Butler should see around 12 carries total touches. Um, Presley should see around 12 total touches. Pumphrey, the next guy in this list who is still labeled as a starter for DC, um, was out touched by one carry by Presley last week. But the interesting thing was that Pumphrey didn't run a route last week. Presley ran seven routes. No other running back ran a route last week. And that's surprising, um, at least to me, from what we were getting Pumphrey as one of the top five usage running backs in terms of his role in the passing game. He was number two behind Lance Dunbar in the slot. So um, a little bit standoffish on both these DC backs. You get the huge price point uh, price boost for Pumphrey, but he's in a 50-50 or, or Presley, but he's in a 50-50 backfield split with Pumphrey now. And they both got the price bump up. Darius Victor also had 15 carries last week. He continues to just be the workhorse in his backfield. My concerns would be that Darius Victor, a couple things. One, he's a six-point underdog against Houston. So how much are they actually going to be willing to run? They've been just very willing to run, though, not really changing that, that, that format for themselves. You had Darius Victor actually running 19 routes last week, which is encouraging. That's a lot of routes for a running back in this league. Anything above like 14 is, is a high for a running back in the week. He had one reception for no yards on that. But then what you got from him was 15 carries or 14 carries on the ground, 15 carries on the ground for 58 yards. So nothing strong there. The receiving game is not elite, but you're pretty much paying 5,700 for a very similar role for Darius Victor, if not a better role, than you're going to get out of Presley, out of Pumphrey. Like those guys are not going to split 30 plus carries each and every week. They'll probably split more so around like 24 carries, 12 carries a piece. And Victor right now is, has a control of like two thirds of the backfield touches and snaps. So 
I think Victor edges out those uh, DC backs a little bit for me. And then Christine Michael at this point, keep an eye on Matt Jones like you do every single week. Christine Michael had 12 carries for 69 yards last week. He actually ended up catching a pass as well. It made him uh, one of the more valuable running backs in the sleep, believe it or not. That's just how much of a, a crapshoot this, this running back position is. Like he only ran six routes. Matt Jones ran 10 routes. A running back had a, uh, one reception for no yards. Keith Ford had a target on six routes. And Christine Michael ran six routes and just ended up getting a catch for 14 yards. That extra 2.4 fantasy points gets him from scoring only 6.7 fantasy points to over nine fantasy points. And in the XFL, that's a lot for a running back. So 5,300, he's going to be on the field. He's going to be in a situation where the amount of plays in this Tampa Bay game, he should see anywhere from, I'm going to project him for 0.5 receptions based on the fact that he has four receptions in five games. So a half a reception, but then I'm projecting for 12 carries. So you're getting 12 carries out of Michael for 5,300. You're probably getting somewhere around 12 for Pumphrey and Presley. And then you're banking on receiving game rolls at that point. I'd rather just take the cheaper guy. So I think Devion Smith looks really good this week. I think if you want to take the, the risks on the Dallas guys again, you can. But man, that offense looked bad and their team total is, is not that encouraging. Running back is a crapshoot this week. If Jockeys Patrick was to miss, you can get Folston as the backup in Tampa Bay to probably play at least a quarter to a third to maybe even 40% of the snaps and take on that Patrick role, which would look pretty good for you at that point. He'll be really cheap. Um, other than that, Devon Smith would take on a great, a great workload of probably 20 touches or around there, barring injury against St. Louis. So crapshoot at running back this week. As I move into the wide receiver page, please do hit that video with a like. Please hit the video with a subscribe button. And if you're listening on the audio version, hit the subscribe button. I'll be pulling out uh, NBA content. We'll get more news on that today, like I said at the top of the show. But I'll be doing more NBA content here on YouTube and on the Patreon um, podcast as well a couple times a week, discussing some of the uh, more nuanced and in macro level things for the NBA this year. Look at where teams have been and players throughout this current season, what the outlooks are them for not just the end of the season, but the future of some contracts. Rookies, examine rookies. I mean, I personally think Kobe White is like the number three rookie in the league right now, at least from a DFS perspective in fantasy, but um, factoring in defense, things like that, maybe you start to get the RJ Barrett factoring and just drives and actually scoring, but man, Kobe White looks good. But other than that, you can check all that out on Patreon. It's linked up down below. And also just hitting the subscribe button, notification bell, you get entered into a $25 weekly giveaway on either the podcast platform or over here on YouTube uh, and give me any feedback you would like on this XFL slate. So getting into wide receiver, I actually was able to filter this wide receiver slate down a lot more than I usually am. I only have 15 receivers here. If you tune into some of these other videos, usually it's around like the 20 receiver mark. So um, some injuries, but we'll, we'll talk through the injuries to start here. But really it's just because of the, like we talked about in the quarterback play, some quarterbacks that just have no consistency. Philip Nelson does not give me any excitement to play Dallas guys. Um, BJ Daniels does not give me any excitement to play Seattle guys. Same thing can be said for Luis Perez to an extent in New York. Um, same thing can be said for uh, whatever happens in the DC, even though they have a lot of talented receivers, Eli Rogers, DeAndre Tompkins, Rashad Ross. It's concerning that Tarrell Jones looks terrible and Tyree Jackson did not look like he could throw the ball more than 10 yards downfield. So what you end up having right now after Wednesday practice reports, Cam Phillips did not practice with a knee. That's kind of been the status quo. He's been missing one or two practices a week. So keep an eye on that. Sammy Coates, who missed last week for Houston, was limited with a hamstring injury. We saw 100% of the snaps played by Sam Mobley. Even if Sammy Coates comes back, he I think he will firmly remain behind Sam Mobley. That's what was happening in weeks three and weeks four before the injury. Um, he was playing... Sam Mobley was playing like 55% of the snaps, 57% of the snaps ahead of Sammy Coates. I think Mobley, even if Coates returns, locks himself into a 60 plus, maybe 70 plus percent of the role snaps after playing really good last week. 
More wide receiver injuries slash tight ends. Nick Truesdale practiced in full for Tampa Bay. St. Louis, no injury reports for their wide receivers right now. Armani Edwards in Dallas did not practice with a hip. He really has not been doing much this year. They acquired him midseason. And then the wide receivers that we talked about for LA when we talked about Josh Johnson, Jordan Small with DNP did not practice with a hamstring. He actually played more of his routes out of the slot in week five as Saeed Blackmall secured an outside receiver role opposite Trey, Bright, Trey McBride. Saeed Blackman remains limited with a thigh that kept him out for a few weeks. Uh, Trey McBride limited with a rib. And then you have no Nelson's or Nelson Spruce limited with a knee. He was upgraded to limited after missing. So keep a close eye on Nelson Spruce. He's still priced up a lot, but if he returns, this offense is going to be absolutely deadly. And finally in Seattle, Keenan Reynolds did not practice with an ankle. That's something to pay attention to because you have no Brandon Silver still. He has not been practicing. It's probably going to be BJ Daniels regardless. But Kaysom Williams is limited with a, a quad. He missed the first five weeks. He was labeled as the starting wide receiver to start the season. And Kaysom Williams is going to come in at a very favorable price point of $3,800. If Kaysom Williams was to play, and then the perfect recipe of Keenan Reynolds was to miss with an ankle, you have a $3,800 receiver who's probably scheduled to be the number one receiver on this team. Um, yes, the quarterback play is not great, but he's 3800 and you're really not going to find that much better value on the week. So starting it off with Cam Phillips um, at the top, I, I don't have to tell you guys much about Cam Phillips at this point. Um, I mean, right, it's a it's a unbelievable thing of what this guy's doing added another 10 receptions for 122 yards and two touchdowns on 13 targets last week he had 3.05 yards per route run if we're talking about anybody who was above six targets that was number three in the league anybody above eight targets that was easily number one in the league there's only or eight targets or more that was number one there's only like five guys who secured eight targets last week but yeah, he's been absolutely unreal. If you want to keep playing him, go ahead. Nelson Spruce, track his status against Seattle. Again, Seattle gives up the most passing yards in the league. I think Josh Johnson's price point is pretty favorable for us right now. So I want to get pieces of his receivers. His receivers are expensive though. Nelson Spruce, Trey McBride, both limited right now. I would still prefer Trey McBride on the outside. The way that I see this going is if, say, everybody's healthy. Jordan Smallwood starts practicing. All these guys who are limited for LA play. I would think that it's Trey McBride on the outside. Um, I would think that it's Nelson Spruce in the slot. And then you start to see a, a split of Saeed Blacknell and Jordan Smallwood on the outside. And if and if last week was to indicate anything for us, I think that it would probably mean mean that Saeed Blacknell, week one, he led this team in routes run. Last week, he led this team in routes run at 35, one ahead of Jordan Smallwood, who moved into the slot for about 80% of his routes. So I think you would start to see a, a full-time role for um, for Nelson Spruce in the slot, a full-time role for Trey McBride remaining on the outside where he ran 30 uh, routes last week. And then I think that you would see a split for Saeed Blacknell and Smallwood on the, the left hash mark on the outside. So that's a little bit concerning. I think I would prefer Trey McBride over all of them right now, um, but we'll see what the injury news yields out. Dan Williams versus St. Louis. St. Louis is actually a pretty strong defense when it comes to coverage. Right now, they rank number two only behind Houston. So at 8,700, it makes Dan Williams not as appealing, but they're going to run so many plays. Each team should probably run around 80 plays in this game. It's going to be insane. They're both averaging like close to the, the mid to upper 70s. Last three out of the four weeks, Tampa Bay's ran 80 plus plays. So $8,700 is definitely in play for GPPs for Williams, maybe not so much cash. Flynn Nagel is, is maybe the most secure thing if Phil Nelson's starting, but even then, he's a high price point of 7500 You're probably securing, just you're, you're getting a ton of production in terms of opportunity. So Flynn Nagel, once again last week, as he did the week before, led the league in routes run with 45. He secured nine targets. Nine targets last week would rank third with a couple other guys, Donald Parham on his own team. He secured seven receptions for 46 yards. That's what you're going to get. With Philip Nelson in there at quarterback, you're going to get short, quick passes. Week one, he targeted Parham and Nagel at the same clip and Dunbar six times. Then you saw him really favoring Parham with nine targets and Flynn Nagel with nine. Parham's downfield targets were just not completed. He only saw four receptions on his nine targets. Nagel's were much shorter, seven receptions on his nine targets. 
You're not going to get much after the catch from Nagel. You're hoping for that quantity uh, over quality type of target share. So look, he's 7,500. Even if he got what you got last week, he scored 12 fantasy points. That's not terrible, but it took every bit of his targets to get him there in terms of catching seven to nine of them. Yes, if he scores a touchdown, he's fine here. They're going to be playing from behind. But that 15 implied team total is making me really scared. Jalen Tolliver's price point comes up, um, had 95 yards and a touchdown in that game that went just wildly it had like 40 something fantasy points at the hat or real points at the half and hit the over at half last week la and tampa i think Tolliver's still fantastic look it's, it's really hard not to like a guy who's um currently right now number three in the xfl in, in routes run with 185 comes in with 35 targets at this point in the xfl that ranks number five and then when you rank him by receptions right now he, he's up there as well in the top 10 so a guy that i like a lot is Jalen Tolliver. now the price point comes up to 7k but it looks like there's more upside on the outside tougher matchup for st louis but i would prefer him to flynn nagel when you compare him to his teammate dan williams williams should probably see more targets overall uh, but 1700 less i think that it's it's kind of a coin flip at that point jordan smallwood did not practice wednesday 6900 keep a close eye on this I will not have interest in Jordan Smallwood if Nelson Spruce plays, even if Jordan Smallwood plays. It's going to be Trey McBride and Nelson Spruce playing a lot of snaps, and then Saeed Blackmall probably edging out Jordan Smallwood on the outside if at, if at most they're going to be splitting snaps, and that's not what I want to pay $6,900 for. LaDamian Washington went off last week at 100 plus yards. That's not always going to be the case, but this week, like we said, there's going to be a ton of plays in this game, so at $6,800, I'm okay getting to the guy in St. Louis who, uh, so far, if we're just looking at it from a season standpoint, is leading his team in routes run and opportunity by a wide margin. 19 more routes run than anybody else in the team. He has two more targets than Pearson L, but he also has 55 more routes run than Pearson L. Um, and then after that, he's got 11 more targets than Alonzo Russell, who's the wide receiver three. He's got five more targets than Marcus Lucas who's a tight end slash wide receiver hybrid. So he's just the the number one wide receiver, in my opinion, in this offense. Um, On a per target basis, it's Pearson L, 2.25 yards per route run. But in terms of just consistency, it's going to be LaDamian Washington. McCall McKay's price point goes down to 6,500. He's been coming on as of late. Uh, Luis Perez actually started taking some deep shots last week, which was was good to see. Um, You ended up getting from McCall McKay, Last week, um, he ended up seeing nine total targets. One of them was a deep shot. It was completed for 45 yards downfield. So it was just really nice to see the, the um, or nine targets. I'm looking at the entire season standpoint in terms of his deep shots. He saw seven targets last week and two of them were deep shots downfield. So it was just nice to see some sort of pushing the ball downfield. He's an elite player who's just till too cheap price. Yes, the, the team total sucks, but if you're going to take shots on these New York guys, $6,300 for Pearson, I prefer McKay. Pearson's 80-yard touchdown was pretty nice. Nice broken tackle and then a long run after the catch. But I'm not going to bank on that every single week. I'm just going to bank on the fact that these guys should probably be in line for Pearson had six targets last week, McKay seven. I'd be shocked if they don't see six targets apiece as such big underdogs this week coming in against Houston. So McKay's in play for me more than Pearson, but I like them both. Reese Horn, as long as, so with Nick Truesdale being healthier and healthier, he only played around 50% of the snaps last week. He'll probably get up to around 75% once he's fully healthy, could be as soon as this week. That's going to eventually impact Reese Horn. But what you saw to Reese Horn last week was some encouraging things. You saw Reese Horn and this team in general, um, Horn ends up going for the ninth most routes run with 37. He ends up seeing 11 targets, second most in the week, nine catches, 90 yards and a touchdown. He's a slot receiver who has this role very much on lock playing pretty much all the snaps out of the slot at this point. When they go three wide receiver sets, no other wide receivers are really getting into the rotation all that much. It's a very firm three wide receiver set. And he's still wildly affordable. Um, I do have concerns with Nick Truesdale coming back, but I have interest. Sam Mobley at 5,500. If Sammy Coates is out, fire him up, fire him up fire him up again against New York, played 100% of the snaps, looks damn good, was a deep threat for them and an intermediate route runner. And he was very crisp at doing that. Uh, He had 40 routes run, which ranked fourth in the league last week, nine targets, which ranked fourth. 
um, or third and six catches, 95 yards. He looked very good. Just missed a hundred yard bonus. Um, he was one of our top options with, um, last week. He was one of our top options with Cam Phillips, which shocker, shocker and Jalen Tolliver. Um, I think that once again, he's a great play. Even if Sammy Coates plays, I have interest. Nick Truesdale at 4,600. This is the thoughts that he only played 50% of the snaps last week. He's going to slowly increase, if not very quickly increase another 25% of his snaps in the next week or two weeks. 4,600 for the number one overall pick there, the tight end in Tampa Bay in this fast-paced game. Hard to ignore at a cheaper price point where you're going to need to find value somewhere this week. The cheap running backs look pretty terrible. The cheap quarterbacks look really bad. And overall, the cheap wide receivers below 6K, there's not many with drafting becoming a lot more efficient with the salaries. Saeed Blacknell led the entire team last week in routes run. It was pretty crazy. Uh, Blacknell had 35 routes run, led all the LA receivers. Now, Trey McBride, Jordan Smallwood did get nicked up during those games. So uh, still, he was, he was up there and he ran more, one more route than... Um, Smallwood five more routes run than Trey McBride on his own team. He led the team week one as well. He was then hurt week two. He was in like a healthy scratch week three. Week four, he played only 30% of the snaps behind Smallwood and scored a deep touchdown. And then last week, he played most of the snaps and, and he ended up scoring another deep touchdown. So I don't know how often he's going to continue to score these 40 plus yard touchdowns like he has the last two weeks. Shout out Saeed Blacknell. Um, went to Penn State, same age as him. Hung out in my apartment a, a few times, but um, I, I wish him the best. I hope he continues to do this. And I do think that he will remain the outside receiver ahead of Jordan Smallwood, but there might be a split. I'd rather play Blacknell at 4,500 though than Smallwood at 6,900 if that's the case. And then finally, the 15th wide receiver on this list is Kaysom Williams. Again, he's a Seattle guy and BJ Daniels did not look good, but another week of practice. Um, Kaysom Williams is finally limited. He has missed the first five weeks of the season. Keep an eye on Keenan Randall's status. He did not practice. So if you were to get the perfect storm of Kaysom Williams returning on a no snap limit and Keenan Randall's out, my projection would be that Kaysom Williams on the outside with Alonzo Moore on the outside and then Pearl in the slot would be the starting wide receivers. And Williams should then play the far majority of the snaps in a game that should feature a good amount of passes. Seattle has a decent implied team total, a top three or top four team total on the slate, which is actually more than I thought it would be. Um, so I think at 3,800, he looks like one of the, the better values right now if he was to suit up and there was to be no Keenan Reynolds. So keep an eye on that. So that's where I'm at right now with the week six. There will be rankings uh, for GPPs and cash as well as cash game tiers to kind of separate the rankings to give you even more in-depth look at it tomorrow on Patreon as well as Saturday morning, a Patreon exclusive podcast. And Saturday, I will be live just taking questions, discussing the XFL, um, anything else, the NBA fallout right now and, and all that if you guys want over on YouTube on Saturday live, probably around 10. So with that, I appreciate everybody tuning in. Thank you so much. Be sure to hit the subscribe button before you go. Get entered into the $25 giveaway. Check out Patreon. Check out the, the free strategy guides linked down below. I would urge you to definitely check those out and read those. A lot of good information in them. And check out drafters.com. 100% deposit match up to $50 if you use the promo code SAL100. That's S-A-L-1-0-0. Peace out, game. Best of luck. And enjoy your day. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoy this podcast, if you could please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.